He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. What's up all my slick talkers. This is my first time actually publishing a room that we did on Clubhouse. Now, just a quick disclaimer. The three CEOs, David Jacoby, Chris Mon, and Andrew Kitchell have all given me permission in order to record this room and publish it on the podcast. Now, we also got permission, written permission and consent from anyone who came up on stage that asked a question and made their point uh, in regards to the conversation that was at hand. Now, what you're about to hear is three CEOs who dive into this particular aspect of hospitality that they service, whether it's trust and verification, guidebooks, property management software, and of course, dynamic pricing and revenue management as a whole as we evolve in the vacation rental industry. Now, I'm really excited for you guys to hear this. So go ahead. If you like what you're hearing, go ahead and follow us on Clubhouse directly. And we look forward to having more community building through this awesome and amazing platform. Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast where we discuss all things hospitality, hotels, and business. You can find us online at slicktalkthepodcast.com and on every podcast listening platform. As uh, Chris said, we're really doing this room to kind of discuss all things short-term rentals, uh, especially in the segments of revenue management, guidebooks, and trust. And I think it's super cool because at the end of the day, um, I've had all three of these gentlemen on my podcast, and we've discussed these topics in depth and length. And it's really cool to see how it's played out throughout this pandemic and how the evolution of short-term rentals is really growing into a professional and structured uh, segment of hospitality in more ways than we probably expected. So um, I'm going to let the the gentlemen give um, some brief intros so that way we can understand a little bit more about what uh, each person does, whether it's through trust certification, through property management platform, or through dynamic pricing, revenue management. And I think we'll just start off with Chris on to my left. Well, my name is Chris Morn. I am the founder of uh, IPRAC, which stands for International Property Rental Approval Certification. We are exactly that, a certification of trust. So we verify um, property managers and property owners for legitimacy so that we can increase consumer trust and guarantees when 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 uh, consumers and guests are booking directly with um, property managers and owners. So I would definitely say that we're a conversion tool for direct bookings as well as an accreditation. Um, we're currently working within 28 countries around the globe and we cover, with our members, we cover just under 50,000 properties and we're growing at a, at a fantastic rate because I think that most property managers and property owners are seeing that, well, certainly understanding that trust and guarantees is becoming a huge part of being able to showcase that credibility with to their potential guests within the short-term rental sector. So we are accreditation, but also a conversion tool for direct booking. Yeah, that's a great way to describe it. And I also think uh, for most of the people in the audience that maybe don't know, you're actually quite the legend yourself when it came to building a vacation rental management company in Cannes, France. So I think uh, don't don't forget to uh, showcase that uh, 
that legit? Well, yeah, that was probably what gave me my um, experience within the industry and probably certainly did help me to understand the, the logistics behind building iCrack. I mean, that is for sure, because I was, I started in the vacant, well, the short-term rental industry back in 2000, well before Airbnb and a lot of these, you know, um, platforms were even operating. So we were kind of old school and we built a property management company with just under 250 properties. And we do all of the accommodation for companies like Google and Twitter and Spotify and, you know, big global brands who are coming down to the south of France for the big festivals like the film festival, the Cannes Lions. So I learned how to build a um, successful short-term rental management company managing properties, luxury properties. I mean, some of the properties that we manage still today are north of like 30 million. Um, some are more, some are less, of course. But uh, but yeah, so I kind of got a lot of experience building AES. And, and that kind of led me into understanding where there was a trust problem within the industry for when I witnessed fraud for the first time in Cannes, when a, a family of four, um, a family of five, husband, wife, and three children arrived in Cannes after booking a luxury villa on a on a fake website and they got scammed for £15,000. And that's what really prompted me to look into the, the situation of why fraud was happening in the industry. And it's still happening today. Um, but we, but IPRAC is here now to you know, build that trust in the industry and allow, you know, allow operators to become IPRAC approved and offer that, you know, that... Um, you know, that, that certification of trust so that consumers can book with somebody knowing that they're legitimate, that they're trustworthy, that they're professional, and this is the way the industry is going. So that's how I started in the industry, and I'm still the CEO of, of AS Events Group as well as IPRAC, but IPRAC's taken up probably predominantly more of my time now, and uh, which is a good thing, so I can bring that, you know, start building that trust factor within the sector. No, I love that. And the coolest thing about all three of you up here on stage is that You've created companies for hosts and property managers by being a host or a property manager yourself. Like this wasn't something you're like, oh, outside industry person and jumping into thinking that you could solve a problem. But you really have been on the ground and have actually done hosting in the sense of taking care of guests and building these companies from ideas or problems that you saw during your experience, which is super incredible. I think there's a lot more power behind that message. And that's why I super like I'm just a big geek and fan of what you guys do. Um, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people in the audience who have, you know, maybe know you guys or have um, experienced what you do. I think that's what makes the real powerful connection is that you're not just outside CEOs or co or founders or co-founders or whatever. Um, and you're actually on the ground, you've done it and you know why the, you know, the purpose of your, your company being made. So I think it's super incredible. Um, David, my friend, the man, the myth, the legend who uh, is just... Finally. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. Um, uh, just so glad to see you again. And so let's go ahead and intro uh, who you are, what your background is, and kind of the story of Hostfully. All right. Thanks, Will. And uh, hey, everyone. Thanks for joining. Great to see some familiar faces here. Uh, Mariah, Shuchi, John, Dan, others. Uh, so yeah, just what you said, I was, am a host. I mean, I guess not during the pandemic, but before then I was a host myself. And like many other hosts, I spent many hours banging my head against the wall, uh, trying to make a, a, you know, mediocre looking Microsoft Word document 
uh, guidebook to share information with my guests about uh, how to turn the TV on and how to use the laundry and, and nearby recommendations. And I was like, man, there's, there's got to be a better way to do this. So that was the, the beginning of, of Hostfully. And we started off as a digital guidebook platform. And uh, the beauty of that is not just sharing information when the, the guest has already arrived, but being able to give it to them in advance. So now there's a, a beautiful, easy way, no matter where your reservations are coming from, to be able to share directions and check-in details and any of your favorite recommendations that they might need to make a reservation for in advance, as well as all those important uh, pieces of information while they're staying in the house, the house manual, the house rules, how to work certain items, uh, and your favorite local recommendations. Uh, and over this, this past year, there's been the added benefit of having a contactless uh, solution as well. So people have been kind of moving away from that, that shared uh, three-ring binder that one guest after another is, is using. So uh, fast forward a few years, and we started integrating with core property management softwares. And, and there was one that we liked so much. And uh, the, the CEO, uh, Steph, um, of Orby Rental at the time, he lived near me and my business partner, Margo. And one thing led to another, and we, and we merged and, and became a, a full, full-scale property management software. So now we help property managers uh, run their whole short-term rental business tip to tail. We have direct integrations with Airbnb, with Verbo, we're a preferred partner for Verbo, we're a premium, premier partner with Booking.com. We have automated email messaging, we have an owner's portal, uh, really everything for in their business, uh, as well as an open API that makes it easy to play in the same sandbox with others in the industry. So uh, we have some pretty cool, uh, some pretty basic um, but functional pricing tools uh, but no way can we do anything as cool as, as what Wheelhouse is doing. So uh, instead, we, we connect and partner with Wheelhouse. Um, we partner with the top five cleaning companies in the, in the industry, Breezeway, Turnover B&B, um, Properly, Easy Care, uh, VR Scheduler. Uh, so that's really what we're trying to do, be the glue and create this ecosystem where people can choose best-in-class vendors uh, to run their business. No, I love that. And that's the coolest part about Hostfully, in my opinion, just because coming from like a hotel management standpoint, then also the vacation rental management standpoint, is that I can customize my operations. I don't have to go off of one system. Now I can plug and play the, you know, the, the tools like Wheelhouse and VR Scheduler or Breezeway and all this other stuff in order to fit my needs as a property manager. And I think that's super unique, especially since that, you know, we've learned this through COVID, flexibility is key. So being able to be flexible with your software is like top priority in my opinion to have smooth operations. That's why I'm a huge fan of Hostly. Um, but that was such a great segue into leading, you know, the introduction of our main man, Andrew, down here. So Andrew, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and what you guys are doing with Wheelhouse. Sure. Uh, good morning all again. Um, so fun to be here. So uh, yes, Wheelhouse is, um, most simply put, revenue management for the short-term rental space. Specifically, that's, we help with kind of what's known as dynamic pricing, so using data and demand patterns to inform how any individual property in the short-term rental space can be priced. And that's kind of the, the core product offering has always been that, but we've recently added Mark Report, and we just push uh, a competitive set slash benchmarking tool into beta as well. So we're about two weeks away from having that live to all customers. So kind of a diversifying suite of products. Um, 
today, like I, I think I'm super excited to engage in conversation. Also, the, the questions I usually feel most able to help others with are thinking through kind of their unique strategy. How do they look at their market, understand their market, translate signals near them into, into more effective pricing strategies that uh, drive revenue for the businesses. Um, love that. Love talking about things around fundraising and building businesses. Um, it's just a passion of mine. And I know some folks are trying to build and scale their businesses here. So I always love talking about that. And other than that, I'll, I'll keep it short and sweet. I'm excited to dive into all the questions and um, hopefully help people out today on, on anything to, to help you build or scale your short-term rental business. Uh, you're the man. So for anyone who's listening right now in Clubhouse, uh, just a little shameless plug. You can find all their episodes on my podcast, Slick Talk the Hospitality Podcast, and that will give you more in-depth stories on their journey and the the, just the execution of these businesses that they've built. They have done such incredible things from the ground up and have built off of their experience as hosts or property managers themselves. And so I want to ask a question openly to all three of you and you know whoever wants to go first can tackle this. But what has been the biggest thing that you guys have seen from hosts and property managers, whether it's in the U.S. or it's in some other country? What are the biggest things that you've seen that is being changed or is changing as time continues on through COVID-19 as we hopefully get into a more recovery status from everything that's happened in 2020. Do I, do I take, do you want me to go, go first? Yeah, yeah, Chris, do it. <laughs> okay. Um, so during COVID-19, I think, um, well, what I've seen, what I've seen is I think a lot of people was, you know, I think Many, many people were very, very heavy reliant on OTAs to charge Airbnb, Booking.com, HomeAway, which I believe now is verbal, which I can still not get used to. But, um, but yeah, so I think there's a lot of people heavily reliant on them. I think then platforms made some some catastrophic errors in terms of how they communicated during the COVID. And I'm not saying that they should have known how to do that because nobody expected um, what was to come over the last. Um, since COVID happened back in December 2019. But I think um, a lot of hosts and property managers have realized that they have to become more, um, they have to become more solid in their own business. And I think that's what's probably the biggest shift I've seen in terms of property managers and property owners just investigating a little bit more of how they can build their own business using, you know, tools like uh, Hostfully, like Wheelhouse, like iPrac. Because these are all tools that can help people build their business. But I think they're now looking at that thinking that we cannot just rely on an OTA to just be that kind of monster who's just sending us all of our bookings. So that's seeing a big trend in people changing and starting to educate themselves more on how they can be a business that offers, you know, uses the OTAs because I think that we need the OTAs. They're a driving force. But I think a lot of operators are just starting to look at seeing how they can become a little bit more independent. And that's probably a trend I've seen in the last, uh, you know, 12 to 14 months. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. Kind of still my thunder there, uh, diversification in general. So uh, specifically with Airbnb, I think there were a lot of folks who were listing directly on Airbnb. And when that whole uh, cancellation issue happened at the very beginning, they realized they needed to diversify. And that happens in two ways. Uh, one, diversify their distribution. One, uh, outside of Airbnb, but still using other OTAs. So it's a big step for some people just to go from Airbnb to Verbo and Booking.com and TripAdvisor uh, and, and maybe a few other niche sites. 
Um, so that's one. And then the second is realizing that they want to also have their own direct to booking site. So um, there's been a big intake, in, intake um, or uptick in uh, direct bookings. We've seen that from our clients and from a survey we put out from the industry in general. Uh, uh, direct bookings uh, for property managers went from 19% uh, in 2019 to 25% in 2020. So uh, companies that are having their own direct bookings website to help people with that, as well as their own additional tools to manage stuff that you're used to uh, having managed like directly in Airbnb, like being able to provide a guidebook, uh, for example, or having uh, smart lock integration so you can e easily send the the pin code and have, you know, a contactless check-in uh, and uh, other, other tools like that. Having Stayfy so you can collect email addresses of, of every guest so you can follow up to get them to book directly with you next year. Uh, so that that's a general trend. I'll hop, I'll, I'll hop into, um, I, I think, uh, there's, I mean, there's so much that has changed, right? I think from the quantitative perspective, I think there's just so many interesting non-obvious things such as like, oh, it's all of a sudden if your place is pet friendly, your likelihood to book is dramatically increased, right? Because a, a new type of travel has has kind of really flourished during COVID of this midterm stay. Uh, lead times have changed. Length of stay has changed. There's like kind of that just like quantitative, like, oh, there's a lot of new data and booking patterns emerging. That's part one. Part two on the qualitative side, I, I just am talking to so many people from the hotel space who are so much more excited about kind of the form factor of hospitality on more of like a short, on, on more of like the short-term rental inventory type. So whether that is uh, people who are leaving the hotel space, they've been working in the category and they want to start their own kind of short-term rental brand hearing, hearing that side of the story, whether it's the large hotel coast who are saying, okay, we're seeing what Marriott Homes and Villas is doing. We need to play in this space. We need to invest, especially in these single family homes, especially in vacation destinations. There's just such a, um, it's so clear that the quote unquote short-term rental space is the future of hospitality. It's so clear. It's so clearly what consumers want. It's so clearly where investment dollars are going to flow. And it, it's a, just a fascinating, I, I think we'll start to see the numbers behind that kind of like thematic shift in the next 12 to 18 months. Um, but I'm just, I'm just fascinated by the opportunities that presents all of us who've, who've learned this space over the last little while or learning it now, right? It's, it's uh, uh, I would say in the US, we're probably a couple more months away from the big build back. Uh, hopefully, I think the earliest signal I'm hearing from folks is kind of April is gonna be looking pretty good. End of April is gonna be looking good. I just spoke to an operator in Orlando who just has had record weeks uh, from a booking perspective. So the signal is there and I'm, at, I'm really excited for the bounce back for all of our businesses, but then also that kind of continuous like, oh, it's not a bounce back, it's a permanent shift. That is going to be really fun to watch for the next decade, in my opinion. No, I totally agree. I think that's super unique and interesting, especially I love that you mentioned um, the place in Orlando is that we're, I have a couple of friends out there too, and they're seeing um, bookings for a year in advance, like people, or maybe six months in advance, we're getting to um, longer booking windows where people are feeling more comfortable, um, you know, saying like, okay, yeah, three months from now, I'm going to go make this trip, or maybe four months from now, I'm going to make this trip. Uh, versus, you know, there's shorter booking windows where we're seeing like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to go, let's see what's open. What can I, where can I go? They're, they're doing more advanced uh, planning. So it's pretty, um, pretty sweet to see that coming out. Um, but right now I want to kind of touch on um, for David, um, for, for your guys' industry reports, 
what were some key like top three findings that um, maybe can apply to trust and revenue management as well as maybe some marketing and branding? Yeah, sure. So uh, one of them, I, so first of all, anyone uh, wants to go check it out, you can go to hostfully.com. We have a report section. Uh, there's a bunch of different white papers that we put out and uh, annually uh, we do this survey and a lot of the questions have remained the same now. So it's fun to track information from one year to the next. Uh, we did have a special COVID section uh, this year. Um, you can check out that report. It was just cited in the New York Times earlier this week. I was exciting. Uh, so one, as I mentioned, the increase in, in direct bookings and just uh, diversification in general, that was a, a big trend uh, for this year. Um, another one has been uh, just the fact that uh, as people move to this diversification and are moving to a property management software, there's, uh, they're still having a tough time upselling uh, to guests. Uh, so as a property, if you're an owner renting your place out, you're getting 100% of that rent, right? But if you're a property manager, you're getting 20% and the owner is getting 80%. So you're looking for additional ways you can increase your revenue. And, and one is by offering upsells like a mid-state cleaning or an extended checkout or, or uh, ground transportation, groceries pre-arrival, stuff like that. And depending on your agreement with the owner, uh, oftentimes you're able to keep all of the, the profit on that. You don't need to share those, those ancillary upsells. Um, so being able to find ways to be able to offer that, um, and it's, it's hard, harder uh, in this industry. It hasn't caught up yet. So, you know, if you buy uh, a reservation from Marriott or, or airline tickets, you know, oftentimes it's asking you, do you want to rent a car? Do you want a hotel with the airline tickets or something like that? And, and you don't see that a lot in, in property management softwares. Uh, and property managers are looking for ways to do that. So they're hacking it, they're figuring it out. Um, some, some softwares are able to do that. Um, sometimes they're just doing it outside um, of their software. They're doing it through their guidebook or they're just sending you know, kind of um, Stripe or Venmo um, to, to the guests. Um, uh, another uh, thing I'd say, like cleaning, that's not, that's not a, a, a big surprise. Uh, that, that was a huge focus um, for property managers last year. Uh, but also more so one thing that's real interesting, we asked one question, if you can wave a magic wand and make one thing uh, better, uh, easier for you, what would that be? And then we also asked, what has gotten easier for you? And a lot of um, answers appeared in both of those questions, uh, whether it's revenue management or cleaning um, or guest communications. And what I think that goes to show about the industry, as I was saying a little bit earlier, there are so many solutions out there that if it's a problem for you now, all you need to do is, is work on it. And, and, and you know, you'll find that solution and then next year it will be one of the things that you can report back that was easier. Uh, so true, so true. And I think um, as time continues throughout this whole, I think, upcoming year, 2021 itself, um, we're just going to see that open up more and more and more. So I think that's pretty pretty uh, accurate there, my friend. Um, go ahead, Andrew. I see you unmuted your mic. So go ahead. What are, you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I just – I um, so David and I are neighbors slash friends. And, I, David, I was just curious. I have um, – have you seen the information that people are putting into their guidebooks change a lot or kind of the order change or because you guys you guys have such an interesting data set right around um 
all, all your customers and how they're telling people about their community or, or et cetera. Have, is there any kind of fun things we can unpack there? Uh, well, there have been a lot more. We did a search on like COVID and coronavirus uh, within our guidebooks. And needless to say, there's a, a lot of um, sections in there. So a lot of posts have added information about that, specifically around uh, a, a few things. One around um, cleanliness stuff in their home. So they're kind of giving like heads up, like just so you know, this is what our cleaning process has been. Uh, you know, it's important to put that in the Airbnb and Verbo listing, but a lot of the guests who are looking at the guidebook they're not the main point of contact. So they didn't see that information on the listing and they're, they're looking at the guidebook that they got from the main point of contact. So it helps them feel a little more secure. Uh, we've also seen that in the recommendations. So it's been really important to keep your recommendations up to date, right? Because a lot of the restaurants that you had were closed or you know the, the tennis courts nearby or the park or whatever. So um, we've seen a lot of change in recommendations of out, outdoor activities. We've had a lot more kind of uh, custom categories where people have put COVID safe or, or outdoor activities you can do. Uh, and then also a lot of uh, um, changes in the in the check-in that we've seen. And we've seen a lot of clients um, transition to contact list check-in and implementing smart locks and, and just needs to, to kind of bulk up their, their check-in details. Love it. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's going to be Go ahead. Really I was just going to say, I think it's really unique and Andrew, I'll let you finish your, your comment, but um, I just think it's super, this is why I love the guidebooks and stuff because like, even from what we're seeing with our properties is that the more we use stuff and tools like guidebooks or um, certain upsell features on the local you know community and like partnerships with other businesses that we, that we just love in our area, um, but it builds a brand and it builds that trust factor that I know Chris is all about. And that's where, for me, that's where I love to geek out because it's like that true hospitality feel where you are legit helping create moments and experiences and how ha have people connect with something deeper than just uh, a booking or a property on Airbnb. It becomes something like that they can actually really anticipate. And that's kind of the, the geekiness for me. I just love that hospitality feel and building that trust and communication through something as simple as, you know, creating a really beautiful guidebook. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I know, I mean, at Lyric as an operator, we would even, even going as far as putting that physical copy in the room and really curating the content that was within it. We thought it was so important to tell that guest story and to drive, uh, to drive a five-star stay, to drive a repeat booking, to do value creation around your brand uh it's just such a fun platform or kind of such a fun medium and and david it'll be really fun to see um if there's an emergence of or something something i just kind of chew on a lot is if there's truly this emergence of this new midterm stay this 14 14 days 30 day plus stay what changes about that guidebook right what, what changes if you're staying if your guests are staying in the market for a longer amount of time what new information becomes really relevant and important for them that maybe maybe wasn't the case if your place used to be uh, to, to attract people for two, three, or four days. So I'm really excited to watch kind of the evolution of, of the content that people are creating post-COVID. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure how the recommendations would necessarily change for that, but we are seeing, and we've seen this in corporate rentals for a while because we do have corporate rental clients that, that use our guidebooks, that the guidebooks is actually a great excuse to check in with a guest that you are having for 30 days plus. So, you know, after two weeks, 
Uh, and you can even add, if you're using a, a software that has automated emails, you can add this as, a, as an email, you know, two weeks after the guest checks in. I uh, just wanted to see how you're doing and a friendly reminder that all my favorite restaurants are in the guidebook. You can access them here. Uh, or, hey, if you haven't gone on this hike yet, go check out this hike. I have a specific link in the guidebook here. So using that to cool. have another touch point and make sure everything's okay, as opposed to just like, hi, is everything okay? It kind of adds value, adds more value to that email. Super clever. Yeah, yeah, very clever. Yeah. Chris, do you have any thoughts on, on I, I think you and I have geeked out before we open up the, the room to have either questions or other people come up and, and discuss on these, these three topics. But um, do you have any like thoughts on tools like this that it helps build a brand? Cause like, obviously you built a really strong band with AES. So um, what does that play? Like what kind of role does that play when it comes to that trust and, and that real connection building piece? Yeah, I think, I mean, the way that I see it today is, I mean, the industry is such a huge industry, but I would probably say there's only a small percentage of the industry who are operating it, like creating a, a, a real quality brand um, it's through their websites, through their, you know, through their processes and, you know, just their standards. So I think that's where we've got to get to. We've got to get to people wanting to create better brands within the space. And I think, if, and I think it's things like Wheelhouse and things like Horsefully and, and practice that are going to drive that forward for sure. So, but brand is everything. I mean, let, let's face it, if, you know, the short-term rental space is like kind of, I look at it as it's split into two. You're either using an OTA or you're not, or you're using both. So if you're not, it's a direct booking. If you're using the OTA, they've already done that brand trust for you. All you're doing really is, you know, listing your property, your photos and your description. Really, the OTA have already done all of that work behind the brand trust like Airbnb, Booking.com, they've already done all that work. They spend billions of dollars, pounds, euros every year, you know, chasing that brand trust. But as soon as you remove that OTA from the stakeholder, so all of a sudden there's no trust there, then that comes a direct booking. And I think that's where a lot of operators fall down in terms of their conversion because they just can't show that brand trust or that, you know, and they just don't convert enough rentals. So what happens is they, they spend thousands of dollars and pounds driving traffic to a mediocre website only to find that their bounce rate metric is too high and their conversion rate is too low. So you have to start looking at brand recognition and building that brand behind and invest in it. You know, I think there's, today there's too many people think that when they're looking for direct bookings, they think it's just a matter of building a website and that's going to work for them and it's not. So you've got to, I think we need more education on that and try to in, educate more people to, to, build, to build a short a direct booking brand behind their business. And I think that's what we should see in the next, uh, you know, the next 18 months for sure. I, I love that. And uh, I think Jeremy Gall from Breezeway said it pretty, pretty well. Um, he's the, the exciting thing about all this, uh, granted it's, you know, never good to be excited about a pandemic, but the, the exciting thing from the results of this is that we're seeing the professional, uh, the professionalization of hosts becoming managers and it's a evolution phase. It's, you know, people are really starting to see the importance of this, um, you know, brand building and trust certification and being able to recommend more than just, you know, a listing on Airbnb by using, you know, you know, whether it's a property management system or guidebooks. And then of course their pricing, you know, finding out that there's more ways to generate revenue uh, than just setting a weekday 
and a weekend price. So it's really key and really important. And um, I think it's it, it's going to continue to go you know up from here. And that's yeah. that's what's important. But we also know we also know as well that a lot of property managers and hosts they use the OTAs a driving force to a to a booking, and then they look to convert that into a direct booking once that guest has stayed. You know, so that's an, but once again you've you know once a guest has stayed with you in your property, they've seen the level of your you know the level of your standard. Your you know, and they trust you of course, but that's all about again when you when you deliver your service that's whether somebody's that's when you, your retention percentage is going to come into play you know because somebody's going to come and go well i was happy or not and again it comes down to things like what david's providing like hostly in the digital guidebook this is all about communication prior, you know prior to the guest staying and this this increases trust communication increases trust so all you can do with all this automation of communications with digital guidebooks, getting your pricing right, like through wheelhouse and things, these are all such important topics that property managers need to be doing. Totally agree. Will, can I, can I add one thing there? <clears throat> of course, of course. So what I, what I also, you know, I obviously kind of geek out on the, again, my hypothesis is short-term rentals will continue to scale, but even just look at the teams that are building software for the short-term rental space versus the hotel space, right? All of us up here know, literally, probably know 100 teams, young, hungry teams building software for the variety of kind of uh, functions within how do you manage a distributed portfolio? How do you do everything from direct booking to distribution to property management software to you know paying your bills? How do you do all that? And there's so many, you know, we're still at the forefront of this, this, this category being so investable, but in my opinion, and, and maybe others have opinion, I, I'd love to hear David, Chris, Will, your take on this as well. But I see the young, hungry, hungry software teams all coming into the short-term rental space. And if you're walking into a, an investment room right now and saying, "Hey, we're going to build a software for hotels," they're saying, "Okay, tell why are you doing that? <laughs> tell us more." Because there's 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 almost this, you know the speed of innovation around short-term rentals. Uh, certainly appears to be faster from my perspective and also you know with with individual operators not, not just on the technology side but the the innovation around brands and how quickly people are adjusting brands to the new reality is it's just it's a more iterative faster moving environment and i i just i love well i feel comforted in believing that we're still in the early innings of the best software to automate all this stuff or the best brands to emerge in the category and it's just uh yeah it's, it's fun to see no, I totally agree. My my standpoint from like the hotel side is that, you know, there's too many checklists, there's too many um, processes that involve someone, you know, physically doing them that we kind of take away from the guest experience. And there's like two, it's oversaturated. It's a, it's a too complicated uh, system just to check one person in. You have to use like three different programs. And so that for me, I think we're, I'm hoping we'll see that change as hotels, you know, start to realize that there's a lot uh, more better ways to give service than just by, you know, having a, a flag above their property as such as a Marriott Hilton or whatever. Um, so I, I totally agree. And I think the entrepreneurship in, you know, short-term rentals, vacation rentals um, is very strong. You know, that's, that's where a lot of people are um, I think finding that they can really make a difference in their community or in their own uh, personal lives in a, a really rapid rate. Like you're, like you're talking about Andrew. 
All right, on this segment of the episode, this is where we actually invited people up on stage that have given us permission in order to ask the panelists some questions, bring up their thoughts about the topics that we've discussed so far. And, you know, we pretty much have opened up the whole room. You're going to hear from some industry experts and operators themselves who have questions for each of the panelists and as they dive into these discussions. Will, welcome. How are you doing, my friend? (laughs) Thanks, guys. Thank you for having me up here. Um, I uh, actually love what you guys are doing. So my background, actually, I'm a short-term rental operator turned hotel consultant. Um, And I completely wholeheartedly agree with what you guys are saying with innovation being in the short-term rental space. Um, I've been kind of preaching about that for a long time now. When I got into hotels from short-term rentals, I was very surprised. I I thought they would have had much more streamlined systems, much more streamlined processes than something that's you know a lot smaller and more new than the short-term rental space. I mean, one example of uh, something that I implemented, so uh, a hotel group actually, David, I use your uh, hostly guides for our in-room compendium. Um, and I thought, you know, those things were amazing. It was just to, for me, it was a lot simpler of a thing to uh, manage uh, for what we needed because it was going to cost us a ton of money to change out just the compendium on the, our IPTVs versus like, okay, well, I can get, you know, hostfully product here. Um, I guess, Dave, my question is, are you guys going to be, are you guys planning on like rolling out like, because I do think there's a big opportunity for you guys to like start going after hotels in a big way. So my one limitation is I can only use my one login. I have to share it, which obviously is a kind of a security issue. And just, uh, you know, it makes it harder operationally to see like who's been doing what. Are you planning on rolling anything out along lines of um, having multi-logins for each account so multiple people can get in with their own pass- username and password? Uh, hey, Will. Uh, well, thanks for using Hostfully. Appreciate that. And uh, so the short answer is yes. Uh, we do that already on the property management software. We have found um, a lot more people wanting that on the property management software side, and it is important to have different roles and permissions of who can update properties or turn properties live onto Airbnb and, and stuff around that. We, for the most part, you, you, maybe with a hotel with multiple locations, all, um, uh, they might be more important. So that's a great, that's a great point. Um, we haven't seen, most of our clients haven't had a big deal just logging in with one username and password on the guidebook side. Either you have permissions to edit anything or you don't. So you can just, you can just share one and it hasn't been that big a deal. But um, we have gotten a few requests, so it is on our roadmap. Uh, shoot me, shoot me a, a, a note offline. I'd love to talk more about the the specific use cases for you and what you what you'd like to track, and uh, we'll see if we can add it in. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Like I said, I've I've been a big fan of uh, your product, especially with the guidebooks, and even your uh, property management system when you're when I was doing short term miles. But yeah, I, I I love what you guys are doing. I I love the innovation that goes in this space, and I'm really hoping that you know all of you know, everyone on the stage here that has a tech venture or people in the audience really starts to look at how they can even expand their market into hotels because hotel software is so archaic. It's dominated by, you know, if you ever look at a DDS, it's literally command line prop that the entire industry is dependent on. It's ridiculous. Yep. <laughs> time for that. Time for that to change, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, and it's 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 interesting, Will. It's it's a it's a fun point because like, look, there are definitely things to borrow from the hotel space, but most of the big, widespread hotel software started 
kind of a decade earlier than all the innovation that we're seeing now, right? Um, yeah, exactly. And, and if you're if you're a software built, you know, if you're developing software and bringing it to market, what you need is a few early customers to to battle proof your software and test it out and teach you a lot. And hotel groups, almost by definition, are going to move slower to adopt technology. So, like again, there's this natural pull towards developing great technology for short-term rentals that I think, again, the best software teams in hospitality are going to be moving into short-term rentals and hopefully continuing to make these operations more scalable, more seamless, et cetera. So you can tell how bullish I am, but uh, there are things to learn from the hotel space, but again, innovation points to, or kind of the speed of innovation points to uh, short-term rentals software continuing to inform the category more and more. Yeah. I mean, you're not handcuffed by all these big products, you know, like I think it's the first one, the IATA, I think it was the, the airline industry, and then there's like Opal, Open Travel Alliance and all these different protocols that are built. I mean, when you look at the code that it's built on and when I'm like trying to integrate like analytics tools into RPMS, it's like, why is this so difficult? Why is it coming out in like an XML feed? This is ridiculous. It should be a little, probably more streamlined than this. Yeah, that's the, that's the one thing. Again, hotels have, I think, way overcomplicated the the way um you know we build systems and connect to you know channels and all sorts of other things so it's hopefully going to be something that changes and we realize that you know the more we invest into making a seamless experience not only for the guests but for for the operator the team uh that's where it's going to be really really important really key and i think that will actually help um with a lot of the um you know uh, employment, uh, you know, turnover that we have in hotels. It's, that's kind of a, a key thing too, is that it's so many systems that make no sense. Uh, sometimes that it just gets to the point where people get frustrated and say, you know what, this is, uh, probably not for me. It's too complicated. We've, we've overcomplicated a simple, um, you know, uh, simple experience for a lot of people, but thank you, Will, for coming up on stage, my friend, uh, super, cool to hear your insights and glad that you're using hostfully they're amazing so keep it up and uh you know i, I know it's probably making a big a big difference in how you guys operate um mark thanks appreciate it of course mark go ahead what do you got hi gents nice to nice to see you speak to you hope you are all Hello. Well. Hello, uh, mark. so in this room right here for everybody who doesn't know you've got three of the best companies that's going to help hospitality businesses in 2021 with IPRAC, Wheelhouse, and Hostfully. With Mr. Will Slickers, you've got one of the best podcasts. So there's a really good room. Well done for putting it on. I've got a question for Chris, Andrew, and David, and it's for people that have got one property. So question for Chris. Chris, if you've just got one property, how do you put trust uh, into the booking process when we're talking about direct bookings? Question for Andrew, what's the number one pricing recommendation this year for someone with one property? And Mr. David Jacoby, what would be the first thing that you would get anybody to do this year on their digital guidebook? Okay, shall I go first then? So even for me, whether you've got one property or not, or you know, or more than one or five or ten, you know, you're still in that hospitality space. You are still you still have to build that brand. So the first thing you have to do if you've got one property is you have to build that website. You cannot rely on on um, on just like a one pager or something like that. You've got to look at building a brand, even if you're only operating one property. And I believe that you, Mark, as well. You, I've seen I've seen some of the the products that you're putting out there with Boostly, and that's the type of 
website that people need to go to that level to do it and get away from that, just that basic level of just putting something online. If you're putting something online with just a couple of pages, some terrible photos, then you're not building that brand, you're not building that trust. And of course, IPRAC helps to be approved by that, you know, by the international approval certification of trust. But again, IPRAC on its own doesn't always build enough trust because I believe that the consumer, when they want to come onto that, when they arrive on your website, which is your window of your of your brand, they need to feel that they're in a place where they can trust who you are and what you're going to deliver. So I would say the biggest tip for an individual owner is get themselves and invest in a quality website and come IPAC approved. Solid questions. Solid questions. Andrew, how about yourself? Yeah. Um, I would say taking five minutes to look at a market report. Uh, we'll have to see a free market report. Just to understand how your market has changed is, is probably a very good use of time. Um, even though every market has experienced COVID differently, drive to destinations have boomed, urban destinations have floundered. Uh, what, what everyone, the truism across all of our markets is the guest has changed, when their booking has changed, what they're willing to pay has changed. So lead time, length of stay, et cetera. So spending five minutes to just understand how that's evolving and probably send a reminder for yourself every, you know, even every two weeks, every four weeks to look at how your market's changing as we're coming out of COVID. It's just going to be a very valuable thing. And whether you have one listing or a thousand listings, uh, knowing your market is such an easy way to drive revenue. And when you're adding revenue via revenue management, it goes straight to the bottom line. So I would say it's fun to know your market. It's valuable to know your market. Uh, that information is available. There's a bunch of companies who provide it. We'll ask as a free version. It'll be free for, for months here, uh, maybe potentially all the way through 2021, just to make sure people know their market. And uh, that would be my quick plug slash tip. Um, I'd say two most important things right now. I kind of mentioned this earlier, just making sure your recommendations are up to date because so much is changing on a regular basis. And that really changes, makes a difference between a great stay and a terrible stay. If you're recommending something uh, and it's in the guidebook and then they go and it's closed because of COVID, then all of a sudden that, that personal touch, that's the whole point of the guidebook has kind of gone, gone the opposite way. Um, we've also seen more people in their guidebook put links to their direct bookings website. So to get that repeat business, you know, hey, if you want to come to Tahoe again in a couple months, please book with us directly. And the guidebook is a great way to promote the brand, right? People think, oh, I booked an Airbnb. They don't think I booked Joe's Vacation Rentals of Tahoe. Um, so here's your opportunity to get their attention and know that they can book with you directly. That's a great point. That's something that we do for our, our properties as well. And um, it's definitely a useful tool. And thanks for the good questions, Mark. I'm going to put you um, back in the audience and then we'll let the, the Harbor Estates uh, ask a question or um, make some comments. Thank you again, Mark. Uh, good morning. Uh, my name is Marvin. Uh, hopefully you guys can hear me well. Um, <clears throat> Uh, signal is not the best, but um, so real quick intro about myself. Um, I'm a, a full-time biomedical engineer um, <clears throat> uh, by day, and um, pretty much I got into kind of stumbled into Airbnb trying to figure out a way uh, to supplement um, uh, rent, and so I've been doing it for three years, and it wasn't until uh, maybe about a year ago I actually started to uh, take it more seriously uh, because I, I started to see the actual potential. So I've kind of shifted less toward the engineering side 
of my um, uh, career aspirations and more so uh, toward uh, just financial freedom and time freedom and uh, just creating uh, this this newer idea of uh, the short-term rental space. Uh, my long-term or in-game, at least as of now, um, I actually, I, I know a lot of hosts are really against um, <clears throat> like booking events and things like that, but I'm more so, I'm looking into uh, uh, acquiring properties. Like I said, this is the in-game, but more so, so it's three, three components. I want it to be a short-term rental uh, that can also be uh, used as a place to sleep. So uh, pretty much a, a short-term rental, but ideal for small events, um, self-storage, and then like a podcasting studio as well. And my idea is that, you know, I have uh, three different revenue or streams of income coming from three different areas. So, you know, if one kind of dries up, I still have the other two or, uh, or any variation of that. Um, but to get there, my plan right now is actually to get more into the rental arbitrage, uh, which kind of leads into my question of um, <clears throat> the first one is what, and I know I need to uh, ultimately get a contract written by a lawyer for the rental arbitrage because I don't want to actually want to do like a, a, a what, what you guys call a rent to rent or a master lease. I more so want to kind of just manage the properties uh, for these uh, property owners so that way it's less uh, entry to barrier for me. And um, I, I'm trying to create a, a solid uh, contract that gives me a good a wiggle room for uh, exit strategy in case things don't go well. Um, but then, so like what component should I include in a contract? Uh, w with that type of scenario? Uh, that's a good question. And I'm, I'm not the person for the rental arbitrage side. Um, I, I did work with a lawyer for our luxury rentals when it came to having like 22,000 square foot castle or big mansions and properties that are on the ultra lux uh, side of things. Um, but I did invite Noble Crawford, who is here on stage right now, um, who is just a, a wealth of knowledge when it comes to other aspects like that. So, um, Noble, if you want to make a quick intro and then um, maybe if you have any insights on the question, uh, that would be great. And then if any of the other panelists have uh, insights as well, I would love your guys' opinions. Hey, thanks, Will. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, real quick, my name is Noble. I uh, co-founded a hospitality brand. Uh, we are based out of Texas. And I've uh, been doing it for about four years. We use the rental arbitrage method. Um, and we have, ever since we started, scaled up uh, significantly and has uh, enabled us to get to a point to where we're now uh, training other students. And so in regards to the question, um, I'm driving, so I, I was, uh, my signal's cutting in and out. But it sounds like um, the question was related to uh, contracts uh, with the uh, property owners, uh, and specifically the Burbage. That should go in there. Is that correct? Uh, not necessarily sure the verbiage, but like um, it doesn't have to be uh, like verbatim, but more so like what components, you know, uh, should I include? Got it. So, so uh, there's there, there's a lot to unpack there, believe it or not, and, and so I'll try to uh, I'll try to make it short. Um, so usually what we, we, we what we do, we're going into a, uh, a rental arbitrage agreement with the owner of the property um, there we, we try to determine um, what the uh, what, what what the ownership is looking for um, because it's it's 
you know, there's there's something to be had for, you know, filling vacancies. Yes, that's one thing. Uh, but we've been in unique situations where the owner um, wanted a unique agreement where he could potentially participate in the depreciation of uh, the assets that we were um, providing to furnish out these units. And he wanted to, to, to leverage that um, and so that it was, uh, so, so he could use that, um, you know, from a depreciation standpoint. And so I think first and foremost, um, you need to understand, like, what is the property owner um, looking to get out of the deal? Um, if it is just something as simple as, um, you know, um, reducing their vacancy rate, um, increasing their occupancy, um, then there's there's language that you want to put in the contract that creates a win-win opportunity. So you obviously want to protect yourself, your entity, your company, uh, but you also want to put language in that protects the uh, that protects the property owner. Uh, because at the end of the day, uh, if it's not a win-win deal, um, then it doesn't really make sense to engage in it. And so some of the things that we put in uh, in the contracts and those deals, and again, I would I would definitely say consult with an attorney. Um, you know, don't just take my word for it. But some of the things that we put in um, that have allowed us to execute our business, um, which is important because our business model is so unique, uh, we put in contingencies that, um, you know, allow us to exit the deal in a certain way. And so, you know, with the COVID that came up, you know, as, as a lot of people are aware, some of the bigger companies went under, but there were also companies that had contingencies in that even stated if there was a pandemic, pandemic or a health outbreak, um, you know, we would be able to, um, you know, either stop paying rent for X number of, of days or get a rent concession or, or, or exit, you know, within a 30 or 60 day time frame. So you want to look at the contingencies you can put in there for worst case scenarios. And then for the benefit of the, um, the benefit of the property owner, um, because at the end of the day, they want to make sure, maybe you say if there's a 30 or 60 day exit clause, um, then you commit to um, fulfilling that uh, payment arrangement. And, and also, um, you know, potentially, you know, letting them uh, use your, uh, use your uh, marketing material to, uh, to leverage a new, leverage a new client. So we've let, we've let uh, multifamily operators use our marketing material. We've let them use our property to do walkthroughs with potential clinics, uh, potential tenants with furniture in them. These things were all in the agreement. And so every agreement that we've done is custom. I, I don't think there's a template I could give you. Um, but if you want to, if you want to tap in with me, I can, I can go into a lot more detail about some of the custom things that we've written into agreements. Um, and, and, and they vary. Well said, Noble. Across the board, uh, I want to double click on one thing. I, I know a company that signed a few of these two pretty well, so I know the opportunity and the risks on both sides of it, right? So uh, I think Noble hit it really well. Go find the best local property attorney you can. Buy them a coffee. Get 30 minutes of time with them, 15 minutes of time with them for free. Learn everything you can, right? Uh, Noble's right. Also, structure that downside. What I always like to say in the early leases that we signed as Lyric, which was the, our operating co, we always had the option, but not the obligation to continue staying the place. Meaning at the end of a two-year term, we could have extended for an additional two years. That was our option. Those were the early deals we were able to sign. That opportunity disappeared as the space became more competitive, but maybe in your market, that's, that's possible. And then uh, Noble's right too on, on the, 
hey, we need to get out of here. We need to get out of here fast. Make sure that you negotiate for, for some measure. Um, a couple of years ago, when we were moving into any multifamily apartment, we had a $500 uh, deposit. So we could actually cancel with one month's notice and, and get out relatively quickly. So, you know, you can push hard for that downside scenario, which could look like a pandemic or a local travel downturn or whatever it may be. But um, yeah, find someone who really knows your market well, uh, who knows the history of the, the people you might be working with, right? It's really important to work with great partners. Um, so just double, you know, double check everything. Noble's a fantastic resource for this and good luck. Uh, good luck. Sounds fun. Gotcha. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, I have two, two of my uh, fraternity brothers who are also, um, uh, interested in kind of partnering with me. Both of them are attorneys. So one, basically he specializes in basically lawsuits and the other one, he works for a, uh, a commercial real estate uh, brokerage um, firm here. Uh, but because like um, I'm interested in short-term rentals, I just didn't know if it was so unique that maybe, you know, they wouldn't be as versed and maybe I should, you know, seek out someone specifically more familiar with uh, short-term rentals as, you know, those uh, compared to an attorney who specializes in just maybe commercial real estate or just real estate as a whole. I like the way you're thinking about it. Yeah, sounds like you've got a great team. Definitely double click on this on the specifics uh, around deals like this, um, but nothing that someone couldn't learn with uh, you know a couple good conversations from from folks who have really uh, been in the game for a couple of years here. Thanks a lot. I appreciate that. And I, I, I definitely will reach out to you, Noble. I, uh, I'm a fan, uh, uh, silent fan, I guess I can say, uh, but I've definitely been in quite a few of your rooms and, and rooms that you. Uh, also moderated, so I'm I'm pretty familiar with you, so I'll definitely be reaching out. Yeah, no worries. Appreciate that. Then Will, appreciate you bringing me up. I'm gonna slide back down, and uh, I'm I'm uh, kind of working and uh, and and listening. But uh, appreciate uh, Andrew and, and, and Chris and Dave, and you got some awesome guys in this room today. So, so good job. Thank you so much, guys. You guys are awesome. Great questions. Um, Chris, I've seen you uh, unmute, so go ahead and uh, make any comments. No, no, I wasn't going to say anything. That's way out of my way out of my expertise. That lawyers in the state, so uh, no, I'll just I'll just keep quiet on that one. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> um, so, uh, long story short, from kind of what you were talking about, um, there's there's a couple things going on, uh, Andrew and uh, David. Um, uh, we're kind of a part of this uh, new show concept that we kind of created. I'm going to do a shameless plug. So anybody in the audience, if you're, um, you know, either a startup company or a company that is looking to grow, but needs kind of some more feedback and some expert insights on, on things in the short-term rental and hospitality industry, there's a link in my Instagram bio and it's uh, to the big give back. It's a new show where we're letting travel and hospitality entrepreneurs pitch to other travel and hospitality entrepreneurs and whether that's a new idea, a new product or service that can help the industry or a current business that is maybe just struggling to get past that, um, that ceiling, that breaking point in order to make a big breakthrough, um, you're more than welcome to come apply. There's a link in that um, um, website landing page and we're going to, I'll even play the trailer on this clubhouse room um, at the end once we're all done. But now I'm going to turn it back to the panelists who, um, you know, you guys have heard a lot of stuff from questions come up and certain talk points and all these other things. So I'm going to let uh, 
anybody make any kind of closing remarks? And we have one more question that's coming up. So as you guys are doing closing thoughts or maybe even comments, we'll uh, bring Greg up. Awesome. Greg, welcome to the stage. What do we, what can we do for you, my friend? I appreciate it guys. So uh, my company's launching the ability to, to offer accommodations. So hotels and home rentals in the next three weeks or so, we're doing it through a company called booking pal, which is we're plugging into a channel manager. I'm just curious if anyone else has experience working with them without, you know, I, I have my own experience and I'm just curious uh, if anybody else's matches mine. Um, and if there are other booking or excuse me, channel managers that, uh, that folks recommend plugging into. David? Sure. sure. Hey, Greg, uh, congratulations on, on the business. Good, good luck. Uh, booking pal is, is one of the most popular, uh, channel managers out there to get you listed on not just, you know, Airbnb and Verbo and booking.com, but really that, that long tail of other channels. Uh, there are, uh, I'd say two other, uh, real popular ones, Rentals United and, um, Next Pack. Um, so those three uh, get you listed on that that long tail. Uh, in addition to that, there's most those three though are known specifically as uh, channel managers just to get you listed on those sites. And usually they integrate with property management software. So Hostfully is an example of a property management software, and a lot of property management softwares have their own direct connections now as well. So they're kind of like I don't know, friendly, healthy co-opetition with the channel manager. So hopefully, as an example, I'll, I'll talk directly about that. We have direct integrations with Airbnb, Verbo, Booking.com, TripAdvisor, uh, Home2Go, and then a few other niche channels as well, like uh, Go Lightly uh, and Yonder. Uh, so a lot of clients will, will use hopefully to manage their whole operations to get listed directly on those channels as well as then emails out, have a direct booking website from through our site as well. Uh, and then we also integrate with channel managers. So uh, we used to with BookingPal, but actually not anymore, but we do still with Reynolds United and NextPack. So a lot of our clients are fine with just the, the big channels that I mentioned in their own direct booking site, uh, because they're not going to get a lot of other reservations from those 60 other, you know, small niche channels. Um, but then if they, if they do want to like significantly expand their distribution, then they'll turn on the Rentals United or the NextPack integration. Does that help? It does help. And just out of curiosity, and if you're not comfortable speaking to it, I, I, I'm curious, is there a specific reason as to why you're not working with Tell anymore? Uh, yeah, so we have an open API and, and um, partners like Wheelhouse are uh, welcome to build into our API to build the integration. Uh, and uh, BookingPal made the, the strategic business decision to, um, to stop uh, maintaining and supporting that integration. Got it. Okay. Thank you all. I appreciate it. Nothing to add. Great answer, David. Yeah. Yeah, nothing to add. Like, and, and just with, like, with Wheelhouse on here, that's like a great point of having that property management software to connect the dots. I don't know if Wheelhouse, uh, Andrew, does Wheelhouse integrate directly with BookingPal? That is such a good question, David. The answer today is no. I'd love to talk in about four weeks. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's oftentimes the case with like with channel managers, they don't have the integrations with other, um, with other solutions, whether it's cleaning or whether it's dynamic pricing. So our clients will use Wheelhouse 
to manage their pricing as opposed to trying to figure it out on their own. And the pricing goes from wheelhouse to hostfully, and then it gets pushed to Airbnb and Verbo directly, and it gets pushed to Rentals United or Nextpack, where then it gets where then it gets pushed to the other channels. Yeah, Greg, I'll say what David can't say, which is, look, there's a lot of great teams in this space. I, I, if you can spend, you know, 10 to 15 minutes with David's team, I, I think it'd be uh, really good research for you just to just to know um, how some of the kind of what what is it, like the channel manager versus PMS, those trade offs. Um, it's an important thing to get right for your business for sure. So uh, David is David's got a great team, super helpful, great technology. And I'm not just saying that because I'm his neighbor. I'm not just saying that because I'm his neighbor. So um, I appreciate it. David, I'll reach out. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. I'll also second that since I use Hostfully for our property management company, it's pretty great team helps with a lot of questions that we ask. And uh, especially with the customization of operations, it really does help because there's so many things that go into it. So I think it's uh, I'll second what Andrew said. Thanks for your question, Greg. And um, so again, now, now that we don't have any other questions, um, from the audience, I'm going to let the panelists just do any kind of closing remarks. And then once, uh, once we're final, uh, finalized on that, I can play the little trailer slash outro for everyone in the room. Who's ir- uh, curious about possibly, uh, leveling up their business by, you know, pitching to, uh, other entrepreneurs in the, in the space. Uh, Chris, we'll go with you, my friend. What are your final thoughts on the overall, like what's maybe I'll ask a more broad question is what's getting you guys excited? What right now, other than some things that we've talked about, what's something that you're really like something that's on your, on your mind daily about the industry that you guys are either doing with your, your with your companies or just overall just geeky excitement of, of hospitality and travel. Well, we're, we're very excited that the, you know, that people are starting to look at direct booking. That's, that's really, you know, and that's, credit to a lot of people some of them are in this room like mark and damien sheridan you know these are people who are driving and amy as well i know they were driving direct bookings and i think now people are starting to listen to that kind of message and i think they're starting to take note we're very excited with that because our brand iTrack and the certification provides a massive value to direct bookings because it brings in the trust and the payment guarantees so we're really excited to see that people are starting to just Maybe look to you know get that that balance of kind of OTA direct booking. So I don't think anybody is really gonna is gonna master the 100% direct booking, but I think so many people are over reliant, and I think they've got to get that balance. And I think we're really excited about you know providing that support as a trust certification to give them consumers you know that trust and confidence to book directly with uh, you know. IPRAP members who are, you know, property managers and property owners. So that's really exciting for us. We're huge on direct booking. So I'm excited about the future for the short-term rentals. And I'd just like to say thanks to David and Andrew because their products as well are just like going to drive forward so much the um, the marketplace, you know, automation, pricing. This is all things that, you know, they're all aspects that build trust, you know, and this is what we need to do. We need to build more trust and, uh, and then the industry will be a better place. I totally agree. Awesome. Chris. Sorry. Go ahead, thanks. David. Yeah, I'll just wrap up. Uh, you know, Chris, thanks for inviting me on. Uh, great hanging in the clubhouse with everyone. Uh, what I'm most excited by this year, I thought it was kind of New Year's resolutions at the beginning, but it's still been continuing uh, these for these two months now. I uh, can't believe February is almost over. Uh, it's been the, I, I've been 
asked by so many people. I've been hit up for new partnership integrations uh, with Hostfully. Um, so to see all the niche solutions out there, whether it's smart home automation companies, whether it's um, niche uh, OTAs, uh, booking channels, um, or whether it's uh, direct booking websites, uh, it's pretty exciting to see the ecosystem explode still. As, as Andrew was commenting earlier, we're still at the very beginning stages of this with, with short-term rentals. So, uh, you know, you think about a hotel, uh, this was talked about at the VRMA conference a while ago, uh, a hotel has 19, uh, the hotel we were staying at there had 19 softwares to run their business, whether it was uh, the, the check-in software, whether it was room service or the concierge or a channel manager. And there's, that's the same thing with property management software where there's no one silver bullet there's no answer that's going to, no software that's going to do everything for you. And uh, one thing I've realized is if, I've, if you've seen the operations of one property management software in this industry, you've seen the operations of one property management software in this industry, or property manager, I'm sorry, operations of one property manager. Everyone runs their business differently and needs different tools to, to connect. So I'm excited to see all the different niche solutions and software that is coming about and how they will all be integrated. No, I totally agree. Like, and I'll, I'll just kind of second Chris's comment on the, the three of you, just your companies are making huge strides to really help the industry. And so I think this is what's um, just something to continue to look forward. If anyone's in the audience who doesn't know of Hostfully or Wheelhouse or IPRAC, like this is just something to keep on your radar just because I, I truly believe that this is where things start to change for a lot of good uh, reasons and a lot of good actions that are, and execution is going to happen in this, you know, in this industry. It's just super, I'm, I'm getting like all amped up and excited right now, just behind, behind the phone. So um, just really keep, keep um, paying attention and attending rooms like this, because this is the stuff that, um, you know, as much as we like, we, we don't, showcase as much and this is like a, a unique situation that you get to see some inside stuff to come and, and just get really excited about your businesses um if you're in the audience and you're in vacation rentals or um you you provide a service and hospitality this is where um i just really say get get amped up and and find ways to apply this to your business because this is where um you're going to make a difference in your community and and to the lives that you impact through through hospitality um so andrew go ahead my friend The thing I'm passionate about, thinking about, and talking to folks about a little more openly right now is diversity and inclusion within the short-term rental space. And yeah, I love talking about technology and software, but we're in, we're in the people business. One of the things I've been excited about just really in the last four weeks, even coming on to Clubhouse, and seeing a lot of people from a lot of communities come on here and talk about building their businesses. And I think there's been a, a kind of a big reset, but there's an opportunity to uh, during this build back to really think about diversity and inclusion from both an operator perspective, from a guest perspective, et cetera. Specifically, no boy, I had the, the, the first of hopefully many conversations around this, but I'm, um, yeah, I'm really, I'm really fired up about it. I mean, I always said at Lyric, like, you know, hospitality is, is making sure that every single person who walks through the door is taken care of. And um, that's kind of the fun of it, right? And hearing their story and learning their story. And I also see that again from the operator business building side, but, my uh, my goal this year is uh, been in the space a long time, but is to help champion uh, issues around diversity and inclusion um, across all mediums of the short term rental space. So that's what I'm excited about and focused on outside of my business. 
love that. I love that true hospitality spirit. Fantastic. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Thank you guys so much for, you know, just taking your time to come in uh, in the clubhouse and to give this knowledge and to give this insight. I think it's super important. Um, this is why I look up to you guys, uh, you know, as an entrepreneur, as a business person, as a person who loves people, you guys just provide a lot. Um, you're always giving. And that's why um, it's just super, super grateful to be here in this room with you guys. Um, thank you so much for, you know, taking the time and, uh, hopefully we'll be doing another room again soon. But if anybody has any questions, you guys can uh, DM any of us up here on stage. You can check out this episode. This has been recorded, so you can check this out on Slick Talk. If you go to my website, you can subscribe and listen to the episode when it comes out. Hopefully in like a day, I can turn this bad boy around real quick. And um, yeah, I'm just super excited and grateful to to be a part of this room. Thanks, Will. Thanks so hey. much. Hey, Will, did you have a trailer you were going to play? Yes, sir. If you guys are ready, here it comes. Being a founder is incredibly riveting and challenging all at the same time. Travel founders and entrepreneurs have to adapt and get better as the evolution of travel and hospitality changes the industry as we know it. This is The Big Give Back. The Big Give Back is a show that is creating a more evolved platform for entrepreneurs to grow, for new ideas to be shared, and for the entrepreneurs who have been through it all to give back to the rising innovators in the industry. And now, let's meet our panel experts. I'm Margot Schmorak, CEO and co-founder of Hostfully. I'm Andrew Kitchell, CEO and founder of Wheelhouse Revenue Management. And I'm Julie George, the million dollar host and hospitality entrepreneur. And I'm your host, Will Slickers. This is The Big Give Back, a podcast dedicated to entrepreneurs in the hospitality industry. That's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Fantastic. That's, that sounds like something out with Netflix. <laughs> Thank you guys. Well, I'm excited for it. It's a it's a fun project that we've been working on, and it was hard to keep in uh, for the longest time. But uh, for anyone who's interested, uh, you can definitely check it out. We're doing this clubhouse. Uh, we're gonna do a live audience type uh, viewing on Clubhouse, but then the the podcast itself will will come out. So I hope that trailer actually played pretty good. I'm testing out all this new equipment, so hopefully it didn't come in like muffled or anything. But yeah, we're excited and glad to have all these experts a part of it. It's a, a big opportunity for for our space, as Andrew has kind of been hinting at, as um, you know, the the rise in diversity and inclusion, but then also uh, professionalism and, and giving back and, and really building something that we uh, we can you know be happy that we're a part of and for the future to come. Awesome! Thanks for hosting, Will, Chris, Amazing. David. Great to have you, Andrew. Hang. Thank you. Speak to you soon, buddy. All Thanks, right, everyone. We will have a great Friday. Yes, weekend. Let's uh, look forward to the weekend. Let's go. Thanks everybody for thanks everybody for tuning in. All right, you guys heard this episode. Thank you so much for sticking it through and seeing what Clubhouse is like. You got a little bit of a sneak peek if you're not on the platform already. But I just want to say a big thank you to David, Andrew, and Chris. Both all of these guys are just amazing and they are truly inspirational. So I'm super encouraged by them and the the, just the knowledge that they bring to the industry and to everyone in, in the platform and on the podcast. So you guys are awesome. Thank you guys so much. And 
you know, there's a lot that was unpacked through this episode. So if you have any questions or you want to reach out, uh, you're more than welcome to in the link below in the show notes. So thank you so much. And we will be back again soon. What's up, everybody? If you've gotten this far into the episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, then you are amazing. And thank you so much for tuning in. We want to send you two places really quickly. If you can, check out the show notes and click the hospitality.fm link. Check out all of our other shows on the podcast network. And don't forget, if you have someone that you want to hear on the podcast, then fill out the guest fill out form so that way we can get them on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast.